you ever get around someone who's just moving their mouth and not saying anything? <laughs> not me, okay. <laughs> but, 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 but in essence, solitude allows us to just get along with God and begin to look at what God is trying to do in our lives. Amen? So, so I want us to stand as we read this scripture out loud. It's probably first Corinthians and then 13. It'll be on the screen. It'll be the scripture that we'll be kind of working on today. Amen? It'll be in your bulletins as well. And hopefully it'll be on. Oh, there it is. Amen. Praise God. We're going to read it together, okay? When I say one, two, three, we're in school now, okay? School is start. So we're in, ready? One, two, three. No temptation. It's all the me. Except what is common to mankind. Amen. 
Yeah. So it's important to see that. The second one is, he will, with each temptation, provide a way which we can endure the temptation and overcome. Now, for the title of this particular part two of this series is The Way Out. Tell your neighbor, we're coming out.
again, the person of Jesus Christ is the way out of these difficult transitions. And, and oftentimes, what we do when we find ourselves in difficult transitions is we scroll through our phone and we call our friends. Or we reach for things. Or we run around and we let it overwhelm us. We begin to think, okay, how do I get out of this? Where is the exercise? How can I, you know, like, how can I, you know, trick and manipulate and get out of this situation? I can borrow from here and give to here. I can do this, I can do that. And all I'm asking you, if you're going through a difficult transition, be still and know that He is with you. That He has promised to help you and not abandon you and not leave you alone during this process. But there's something that is working out for you and in you. I, I know for me there are some things in my life that God still has to work out. And there's no one in this room that's exempt from that. When you're going through something difficult, just know that God is working something in your life out. You're saying, well, I ain't going through anything. Well, you're going to go through something. And none of us are exempt from that. But just like these, you know, three young men that were thrown into this fire, suddenly appeared this, this, this fourth figure. It, it just goes to show you that Jesus Christ is with us and he is the way out. And this is not about trying to wrap your head around, you know, the God and inform you of God in yourself. This chair is not a God. This speaker is not a God. This table is not a God. This chair can only hold in some way. But Jesus Christ can take out every burden that you have. In fact, the scriptures indicate that he's taken everything to the cross. Your sins, past, present, and future, every sickness, every disease, every condition known to man has been nailed to the cross. So when you're going through difficult transitions, just know, open the scriptures because there are men in the Bible, there are women in the Bible that have gone through these same situations. You're not the only one. I know you feel that way. I feel that way too sometimes. Like, why me? Why does this have to happen? I mean, I'm like, you know, I shake my fist and I say, God, what are you doing here? And we said last week, it's okay to ask these questions of God. Some of us are afraid to cry out. Some of us are afraid to go in the bathroom, run the shower, blast the music, and God! Like, where are you? You feel like, oh man, if you expect me dead, let me not say that. Look at Job's story as Job talks and talks and talks and talks. And God is sitting there, okay, man, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And then God is like, okay, shut up, now I'm going to talk. Where were you when I created everything? Did I ask you permission? When I was forming you in the womb of your mother, where were you? What did you have to do with it? When I cast the stars in the heavens and, 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 and allowed the earth to be still, you know, where were you? Did I ask you permission? And in the midst of everything, we have to understand that God has a way of providing and demonstrating his power in the midst of what we go through. And his greatest provision has been himself in the person of Jesus Christ. He invites us into this relationship of trust. Now, I just cussed in this church, right? Trust. And like, we all have issues with trust, don't we? Like, every single person in this room but that's the glue that keeps every relationship together, isn't it? Like, like it's cool if I can trust you. If you be honest with me, right? Now, honesty is not honesty just so you can dump on me, right? If you don't love me, you can't be honest with me, right? Because you're going to feel good, I'm not. Right? You're going to walk away and you're going oh, good. I told him the truth. I gave him a piece of my mind. Now I feel better. But you've left me wobble. You've left me. Devastating. And, and, and what's supposed to be, I'm 
ambassadors of reconciliation. Um, we're, we're supposed to be a people that are set apart in a way that demonstrates the love of God and what we do in the interactions that we have. So being honest is cool. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to be sincere with me. But the reality is that if you don't love me, you can't be honest with me, can you? Because you're not looking to help me. You're looking to hurt me. You see, when you're in a relationship, it's okay to be honest with one another because we're supposed to be building one another up. So when we find ourselves in difficult transitions, just know that what God is doing is building you up. He's building you up. There's only so much he knows that you can take. And this is why he sends people around you. People who are going to give and not take. People who are going to help you. People who are going to support you. People who are going to, you know, like, I, I, I want to be the biggest cheerleader in this place. I know you just got a picture of me wearing a skirt or pom-poms. No. I'm, I'm simply saying, I want to be the biggest cheerleader. I want to shout from the rooftop. You can do it. You can do it. I mean, you know, the pastor has said over and over again in this room that, that, that there's so much potential within us. This is why he has come to you in regards to what we're doing with this building. Because we want God to include you in it. This is your home. This is your place. The children we pray for are our children. The people who are going to Israel are our family. People that come and go through this place are friends. Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult transitions and we don't cry out, we don't ask people for help, we don't say, hey, hey, you know, like, God, I need you and, and send help so, so I can make my way through this. But the greatest help he's already given is himself. Right. The way out is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. He is the way, he is the truth, yeah. he is the light. And it's so important for us to understand that because as we begin to walk through this, this whole idea of temptation, just remember this, that God doesn't tempt us. And when the scripture says, it says, no temptation, right? So, he's allowed, let me just back up a little bit because he tests our faith. Everybody understand that he tested Abraham's faith. God does not tempt us, but there is one who's constantly asking about you. There is one that wants to sift you out. There is one constantly pointing a finger at you. No, it's not the person next to you. There is a real enemy that somehow uh, Hollywood has painted as someone wearing a red outfit, a tail, and a pitchfork. No, that's not who it is. That's not a proper rendition. Well, we have to understand that the real enemy will like nothing more than to get you into these places where you give up, reject God, and try to do it on your own. Pin there, done that. My difficult transitions, you know, like financially, like if I need a certain amount of money, man, all I do is pick up a phone and call somebody, and it's there. It's there, but then there's a string attached to it. I might have to give a pound of flesh, I might have to give up my firstborn. I might have the old favorites for the rest of my life to do that. So when I go to the one who owns everything, when I go to the one who has unlimited resources, so this situation that we're in, we're going to God first. We were crying out to God first and asking God, God, you do what you do best. You make moves. We'll watch you, and then we'll give you the glory. Amen? Amen. 
because where God is, is, is in the move, like in, in Exodus chapter 13, 21, it says that as he began to move, the word Exodus means exit. Everybody understand that, right? Right? Our way out, exit. So when he began to move these people out of captivity, out of bondage, they didn't know where they were going. That's my us sometimes. And this is why when we find ourselves in difficult transitions, we have to realize that Jesus Christ is the way out. And in the process of Jesus Christ being on the way out, we need to discover what God is doing in the midst of this and follow him as he leads. And in this particular instance, when they found themselves in the wilderness, look what the scripture says. It says in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, that by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Like, like God was leading them every step of the way. And, you know, there are times in our lives where we don't know what next, what's next, right? We don't have cliff notes to read about our lives. If you don't know what a cliff note is, it just gives you a shortcut to a book that you all should read completely, right? There are no cliff notes to life. Um, some of us who are in college, you know, be aware of that. But there are no cliff notes to life. But he knows your future. And because he knows your future, where else will you go to find out what's next? To discover what he's doing here. There have been moments in my life where I just be still and trust God. And then after a while, it's like, uh-huh, this is what you were doing. And if it was me, I would have done it completely different. Right? Like some of you would have had prefer to do it different. Some of you would have skipped the pain in your lives. Some of you would have, you know, changed some things in your life. Some of you would have changed some circumstances in your life. But, but this is what we have to go through. These difficult transitions are just that. We move in steps and we grow in stages. So as we're moving along, God is growing us. God is maturing us. God is growing our faith, our service. You know, I was in a plane when I was going to Canada and I had a chance to talk to the pilot and, you know, he started talking about, you know, the pain, you know, the, the plane and how it went up and down. And he said that the attitude of the plane determines its altitude. And I said, I said, wait a minute. You mean, you mean the altitude, you know? And he said, no, on the actual thing, you know, it said attitude. And if the attitude of the plane, if the nose of it, was going down, then the altitude was going down. And I said, wow, how profound is that in our lives as well? That our attitude determines how far we go in life. You ever run into someone with a bad attitude? Would you want to buy them dinner? I would, put some poison in you know what I mean? <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> but, but, but really, and as God is going through these, you know, as He's taking us through these difficult transitions, He's adjusting our attitude. He's adjusting our attitude because there are places we need to soar to, there are places we need to climb to, there are places we need to go to. And I don't know about you, but there are some things that just weigh us down. 
there are some things during difficult transitions that we gotta say abort, abort, abort. We gotta get rid of this, we gotta get rid of that. I don't need this, I don't need that. You know, we just gotta get rid of it because it, it's not gonna let me soar, it's not gonna let me go. Some of you in a relationship that you have to hit that button, abort. And you're still like, oh, but I love him, and I love her, and she loves me, and I understand that. But first, Corinthians chapter 13 talks about love. Go through it and find out what love looks like. Okay? Because if you're not hitting on all cylinders, then it's not love, it's something else. And you got to call it what it is. If it's lust, call it lust. But if it's love, love has a description. Now, you can read right about that. <laughs> no, but, but it's reality. It's called what it is at times. And some of us are in situations where, especially with unforgiveness, some of us still carry around this burden of, you know, what was done to us. And, and we, we need to hit that button. That attitude is not helping you in your present condition and the future that God has for you. So this difficult transition is there to help us deal with that. Some of us are clean in this room, but we're looking good. You didn't come here to hear that either, but this is a recovery church. If I don't drop recovery here, you're going to say, oh, you didn't talk about recovery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you give them the drugs, but you still got some stuff going on in your life that just doesn't look right. It, it doesn't look right what the program is supposed to do. See, the program is supposed to restore you in every area of your life. Every single area of your life. <coughs> it's not enough to, to, to do the work and still be the same person. So you're not using it. I applaud you. But we knew the drugs weren't a problem, right? We knew the problem was within you. See, the drugs are just a way of you hiding that. So now the drugs are gone. You've been unveiled. You have discovered the real you. And you got to deal with those things. So these difficult transitions, these moments where God reveals those things in our lives, where we now get help. In the past, we try to get help by using people, drugs, things, escapism. That's what the movies are about, right? You go watch Spider Man and you think you're Spider Man? <laughs> no, I mean, that's why Hollywood is so prevalent today. That's why it's making tons and tons of money. Everybody goes and goes to a movie and they come out. I used to go to movies, and this, I'm going to reveal to you how old I am, okay? I used to go to movies, they used to have uh, uh, three, three movies for like two bucks, right? I would go shine shoes. Make my money and go. And the most popular star were people like Pam Greer, Jim Brown, Jim, you know, remember that? Right? And Bruce Lee. I would go in and watch the print, the, the connection, the fist of fury, you know, and come out kicking everything. <laughs> Supposed to numb us the reality of what's really happening. In difficult transition, when God begins to mold the make and reveal this, hey, listen, you can't do this. You can't keep doing this. We were working towards 
place here. When you look at Exodus, it's the same thing. God was taking his people who were not a people who was about to make him a nation. He's doing the same thing here with God's house of worship. He's taking the people that were far from him. The people who entrenched in, in, in addiction. You know, character stuff. That, oh man, I mean, if I was to hear your story, I'd be like, stop, you know, stop it. But God is taking the people that are not a people. He's putting his stamp upon them. He's putting his seal upon each and every one of you in this room. So that the world will take notice of what he can do when someone surrenders and yields their lives to the perfect will of God, even 